This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Happy to be with you at the end of this week. Happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas Eve. Hope everybody has a great holiday weekend. Um, I'll talk Timberwolves here in a moment, um, but mostly going to spend a lot of time talking about the Vikings heading into a very important game this weekend against the Rams. Ben Gessling will join me here in just a little bit to talk through that. Beat writer for the Vikings. Big news on Thursday. Dalvin Cook going on the COVID list and Kirk Cousins showing up on the injury report. Ben reporting that that is a cracked rib for Kirk Cousins. Sounds like that will not affect his status for playing in the game. Whether that impacts how he is able to play in the game is another question. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as Sunday gets closer. But first, what did I miss? You know, in conjunction with Dalvin Cook, who we'll get to a lot with Ben Gessling here in a minute, big news Thursday in Twin City Sports and, frankly, all across sports everywhere and, frankly, all across the world everywhere is still COVID. Carl Anthony Towns now out with COVID. Seven different Timberwolves players on the COVID reserve list. Four of them starters, Towns, uh, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, and uh, Jared Vanderbilt all on the list, plus three other reserves. Uh, Towns, you know, he's got a feel for Towns. He he tweeted, can't catch a break. There was a, you know, a, a clever expletive along with that. But this is a guy who, you know, caught COVID last year, missed a bunch of games because of it, has had family members. He has said he's had family members, multiple family members, including his mother, die from COVID. And now he's boosted. He's vaccinated. I'm assuming he's doing what he can to stay healthy, and he gets this again. Um, no idea exactly what variant it is, but guessing it's probably you know it's probably the one that's circulating through the world through the NBA right now. Now Omicron is everywhere. It's impacting sports. It's impacting our lives. Um, you're seeing way more people going on these COVID lists in sports lately. NFL tweaking its rules. Don't want to spend a ton of time on that just because it's a subject that's you know, A, very important, so you don't want to just dismiss it, but B, I think we're all worn out by this and trying to figure out how we are supposed to keep going in our lives. The Wolves trying to keep going. They lost to Utah shorthanded on uh, on Thursday night. Gave it, a, gave it a good run, but defensively did not have much, uh, much in store for the Jazz final 128 to 116. Malik Beasley got all the all the three-point attempts he won, 33 points, 7 of 16 from three-point range, 33 points, 6 rebounds. D'Angelo Russell had a good game, 19 points, 14 assists, 7 rebounds, 4 of 8 from three-point range, but down that many starters against a very good team already. One of the few teams in the league that's not had much by way of COVID issues. Uh, the Wolves were just uh, too too short-handed to put up much more of a fight, but, you know, be interesting to see how they are able to cope with this, not just you know mentally, but physically as well as the year goes on. It's just going to be a story that carries over into 2022, unfortunately, even though we thought maybe we were turning a corner in that regard. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Very happy to have Ben Gessling on Daily Delivery. We talk every week, Ben, on the Access Vikings podcast, but 
Haven't had you on daily delivery as a regular guest for a while here. Did a lot of off-season stuff, but in-season, um, we've kind of stuck to the Access Vikings. But a very newsy Thursday, Ben. Tell me, uh, tell me everything you know about Dalvin Cook on the COVID list, Kirk Cousins' injury status, and uh, everything of that nature. Boy, oh boy, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a newsy Thursday, or just as as we call it on the Vikings beat Thursday. Um, Dalvin cook is on the COVID list. He was placed on there this morning after, uh, testing today. He is not vaccinated. So he is testing every day as even part of these new protocols. So sound like this morning as, as per Patrick Peterson, um, he was placed on the COVID list and, um, they now I think will be without him on Sunday at the very least, if he's a close contact, he would only be out for five days, but if he tested positive, he's out for 10. So at the very least, you're talking about him not playing on Sunday against the Rams, I would think would have a chance to get back for the Packers game. But if he tested positive, it's going to be close. So that's where we stand there. As for Cousins, practiced in full again today. I had a source tell me that he has a cracked rib. He had an MRI to confirm that earlier this week, but he's been able to practice, was throwing a little bit yesterday. It looked like he was in a little bit of pain as he did it, but was able to practice in full. I don't think there's any risk of him not playing. What The question will be, how much does it affect him during the game? But I think he's planning to be full go and, and try to fight through it. And I think his durability over the years would suggest that he'll be able to do it. So, yeah, some, uh, some injury twists and turns for the Vikings as they head into this one. But uh, the, the good news, I guess, Adam Thielen has practiced in limited fashion the last couple of days, I think has a fairly good chance to go. So lots to be determined here in the 72 hours before the game. But yeah, the big ones today are our cousins and cook for sure. Now cousins hadn't been on the injury report for like eight years, right? I mean, he's the, yes. the model of, for whatever, for whatever you think of Kirk cousins, and he's certainly a polarizing quarterback in, in a lot of ways. Um, his durability has never been in question. I mean, he's, he's made every start. Um, going back that far and not been on the injury report. Now, I do wonder, like you said, uh, I got a couple questions about it. One, do we know, do we have a, a hint of when that cracked rib might have happened? Was it sometime during the Bears game or uh, is it an aggravation of something else? Or what do we, what do we know about that? I, my understanding is it happened during that Bears game. And I, I think he had to get an MRI right after that. <clears throat> I think it would have shown up on the injury report sooner if it had happened sooner than that. Maybe there was something that, got aggravated more so during the bears game, but he got hit an awful lot in that game. And I got to go back now and look at where it happened. I got to try to figure out the number of, I think he got hit five or six times and we got to figure out exactly when it was because it's possible that he played most of that game with that injury. And then the question that you would come to is, did that affect the way he played? And then is that going to be a problem going forward? I, I think that's the big thing to figure out. Cause he's certainly been a guy that, can go out there and and fight through a lot of things and, and certainly takes a lot of hits and has been exposed to a lot of hits by the way this offensive line has played. But if it's going to affect him going forward, I think that becomes the bigger concern. I said somewhat there was a tweet, you know, we don't know when it happened, but I, there was a tweet from the that Bears game. Kind of no one know when and when in the game it was, but he took a pretty significant hit. I don't know who got him, but it was a sack early on. It seemed like a blindside hit. And it seemed like a lot of weight came down on him. And I wonder if that might have been the play, but your, your bigger, your bigger points, a good one that, you know, depending on how long he was playing with it in that game, um, you know, 
did not look entirely comfortable playing in that game and did not make you know, some of the best throws he's made ended up, ended up with fewer than 100 yards passing. And it's certainly fair to wonder, you know, not that he, not if he's going to play this weekend, but how effective he'll be, especially with Aaron Donald and Von Miller chasing after him. Yeah, and no Dalvin Cook to try to make that pass rush think twice. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a big concern, I think, as we head into this game, because this, I think, was going to be a tough assignment for this offense as it was. But if Cousins is not 100%, or if that's affecting him in any way, then you do have to wonder how he's going to look, especially when you're probably going to have Jalen Ramsey um, shadowing Justin Jefferson. I think that is going to be the, the Rams approach to try to take Jefferson out of the game. If Thielen is not hundred percent on a high ankle sprain, that is probably going to hurt them as well. So they have a lot of things with that offense to try to get figured out when you have no Dalvin cook, Adam Thielen may not be hundred percent. Kirk cousins may not be hundred percent. And Justin Jefferson is getting the white glove treatment from one of the best corners in the game. Now they do have, Alexander Madison back, right? He's back yes. from the COVID list and should be good to go. And he's been a pretty good fill-in for them. And, you know, having seen what Wangu can do, it's, you know, it's maybe not as dire as if both Madison and Cook were out at the same time, but certainly puts the onus on on Madison in that game because they can't just be a passing team in that game. No, they can't. And I think you're going to have to do some things to try to slow that pass rush down. And Madison certainly has been a very functional number two guy. He's not Dalvin Cook. He doesn't have the explosive ability of Dalvin Cook and, and probably isn't going to. But you can run the ball with him. And I think Kene Wangu, you're going to have to probably use in a bigger role because you need a guy with that kind of game breaking ability. And we saw it even Monday night in the four or five touches he got. He averages I think he averaged nine or 10 yards of carry in that game. And you see the elite speed, you see the ability to make things happen with just a little bit of space. And I think you're going to have to try in a lot of ways to try to get that going and to try to see what he can bring to your offense. If you give him a little bit more, because you're going to need to score points in this game. Dalvin cook talked about it yesterday. When I asked him about the lack of offensive production in the last six quarters, he said, I don't know what you guys want. If you want 200 yards, 300 yards, if we if we get 20 and we win the game, that'll be fine. Yes, that would be fine. But against this team and against Matthew Stafford, I would submit you're probably going to need something closer to 300 yards of total offense or maybe even more than that, probably more than that, given the fact this is the NFL in 2021. I don't think 20 yards is going to do it. I don't think so either. And I'm frankly like just as you list off all of these things as we think about you know, Matthew Stafford kind of refinding his stride, the Rams winning, I think, three in a row now coming into this game and kind of maybe re, re reimagining and recapturing what they had going on earlier in the season. It's just it didn't feel like a good matchup before. And it, it just with everything that's happened in the last 24 hours feels even less so now. Yeah, I would agree. It's a tough one to win. And I think you can figure, okay, the Rams have had their moments, but they haven't looked great. They had to struggle through that one against Seattle on Monday or Tuesday night, and they're coming off of a short week. There's all of those things that would tell you this could be a closer game than it has been, or at least would look like it might be on paper. But that front seven against that Rams, or sorry, against the Vikings offensive line, I think is a bad matchup. The Vikings now have to figure out again who their right guard's going to be with Mason Cole not practicing. Could be Ole Udo back out there at right guard. I think you're going to have a lot of trouble trying to protect Cousins, trying to run the ball. You have a lot of things that don't play in your favor. So it's going to have to be one of those games where they figure out how to overcome a lot of these mismatches. And 
try to figure out a way to get around it. I don't, I don't think this is, his, I think this is a worse matchup for them on paper than going to Lambeau field is in a lot of ways. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, this one is at us bank stadium. That does count for something, you know, in terms of, especially at the line of scrimmage, getting off the ball, things like that, that they could get, you know, they do, let's not forget they do lead the league in sacks. So they, they could still affect the game that way. Make Stafford make a couple of mistakes. You know, it, it does. Oftentimes these day games do come down to those few big plays. You, you did touch on the offensive line though. And that was, that's been a problem the last couple of weeks. They've gotten away with it because they've played, you know, Pittsburgh looked like they were sleepwalking through the first half and they managed to you know, get out of there with that win. Chicago just self-inflicted all over the place, uh, just mistakes up and down the field. The Rams will not make those same mistakes it, uh, on the offensive line. Is, is there a configuration? I know there's not an ideal configuration. What do you think is even their best configuration if everybody's healthy right now? Cause it, they've, they've tried so many things. What, what, it, what have they looked best at? Cause it, none of it's looked great to me. Yeah. I think the pro the thing I was going to say is I thought last week going into that game, that that probably is their best configuration with Darisaw at left tackle, and you're back to Mason Cole at right guard. You have Garrett Bradbury at center again. I, I think that's probably the best one, but then Mason Cole gets beat by Akeem Hicks like a lot of these guys have over the years, and he just didn't have an answer for him. So whether or not you're going to have him, I think is, is going to be an open question. The fact that he hasn't practiced the last two days, it doesn't look like a great sign. So I, I thought that was the best one, and they had as much trouble Monday night as they've had all year. So you do sit there and say, what else can they do? They've kind of thrown everything at the problem that they can short of putting Wyatt Davis out there. But the fact that they haven't even wanted to explore that tells you what they've thought of how he's practiced and how he's come along. I I just don't think that's going to happen. So they're kind of out of options short of guys playing better and starting to figure it out. And that's the scary thing is that you now have to deal with Aaron Donald, Kenny Clark, Akeem Hicks in the next three weeks and the Rams still have Leonard Floyd. They have Von Miller. The Packers will have Rashawn Gary, which they did not last time. I, there's, there's a lot that you're going to be putting on that offensive line, especially with a quarterback that is playing through a very possibly painful and possibly uh, limiting injury. I, I think there's a lot that that line is going to have to do pretty well in these next three weeks for them to get into the playoffs. They did activate uh, Dakota Dozier from the practice squad. Let's not rule yep. that out either. That that may end up being the solution. It could be Dozier. It could be Udo. I, I think either one of those is is a possibility. I just the question is how effective are any of them going to be? Because we saw it with Dakota Dozier last year. He started every every game, played every snap of the season, and they said uh, we we've seen enough. We're not going to make you the starter. That I mean that was the training camp battle. It was Dozier yes. and Udo, and they decided they liked Udo better. So. If we're still trying to figure out guys that were in training camp battles and we're in mid, well, heck, we're in late December, we're at Christmas weekend, that's probably not a great sign for how anybody's done. No, it is not. Um, let's end with the final thought. I mean, you kind of laid it out, what they're up against on the offensive line against some of these guys. You know, big picture, this is, you know, I've written about this. I wrote about this uh, you know, Friday morning on on the on the blog. Just like, it feels like these last three games, like the the direction of this franchise, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but the direction of this franchise kind of hinges on what happens in these next three games, at least from, from where I sit. How do, you, how do you kind of reconcile the big picture of all of it as you kind of think about these three games and what they mean? Well, I think you're right. I mean, they are in a spot where 
they probably have to win and get into the playoffs to keep everybody around. I would have a hard time seeing them go into 2022, not having made the playoffs two years in a row and say, yeah, we're fine. We're going to keep rolling it back. I mean, you could make a case for that, I suppose, but I think it would be hard to see the Wilfs saying forever that we haven't won the division in four straight years. We haven't made the playoffs in two. We've only gotten in once as the last team to get in. Yes, we won a playoff game, but we haven't done anything since. Let's keep going with it. So, yes, I, I think it does hang in the balance. I think if you get in, you're going to have to have beaten two good teams probably or at least played with one and you know probably beat the Bears and maybe that gets you in. But you'll have to have done something to establish your playoff bona fides. And if you can't do that, yes, I do think the future – of a lot of people, Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, possibly even as it relates to whoever's making the decisions about the roster next year. I think all of those futures hang in the balance. So, you know, you don't want to put it in one game. And Mark Wilf has talked about this in the past saying we don't want to be caught up in this thing of one game. But this isn't just one game. This is the last. I think you said it on Access Vikings the other day. If this is the last piece of evidence you were going to show kind of making your closing argument. Um, these matchups are not the ones that give you the best chance to put your best foot forward. No, they're not. But I guess that's why they play the games. We'll we'll still be watching them, entertained by them. I just it's it's fascinating. It's been a fascinating Vikings year, I'm sure. For oh you, my gosh, for you to cover. I mean, it's it's been every every week. There's something new, and you know, unfortunately, COVID throws another wrinkle into that. You kind of never know when someone else is going to pop up on that list and impact how a game plan is going to go, but it's uh, it has not been dull, Ben. It has not been dull. Let's say that at least. No, it's uh, I remember we talked about it at the beginning of the season and I thought this is year 10 on the beat for me. And I thought this had the potential, at least term, in terms of on-field stuff to be the most fascinating team I'd covered because I thought, and we talked about it, it could go either way. They could go win 10, 11 games or they could lose 10 or 11 games and none of it would surprise you. And we sit here three weeks left 10 wins and 10 losses are both still in play. And I would submit that this has been even more fascinating than we could have predicted it was going to be, even when we were talking about this at the beginning of the season. The, the way they won, the way they've lost, all of the things that have happened, it has not been dull. It's probably not been good for anybody's blood pressure, but certainly uh, gives those of us ink-stained wretches out there uh, plenty to write about. Well, they won't ruin Christmas. The game is a day after Christmas. Um, we'll, we'll see. Could ruin Boxing Day. It could or it could bo- be a great Boxing Day. Could be a great for, Boxing Day, For the day Canadian too. Vikings fans, because I'm sure there are some people <laughs> up in Winnipeg that would be very happy to celebrate their Boxing Day with a big win over the Rams. That's very true. Well, we'll see what happens. Ben Gessling, good stuff. Have uh, have happy holidays. Read Ben's coverage from Sunday's game, starttribune.com. Ben and Andrew Kramer will have a post-game podcast, Access Vikings as well. And uh, Ben, thanks for joining me here today. You got it, Mike. Thanks for having me. Good insights from Ben Gessling. As always, you'll want to, like I mentioned at the end of our segment, follow him, read his game story from Sunday's game, and listen to the Access Vikings podcast after the game. Him, uh, Ben, and Andrew Kramer will break that all down. Vikings did get a little bit of a break on Thursday. San Francisco loses to Tennessee. That moves San Francisco to Eight and seven now on the season. If San Francisco, um, you know, even if they win next week against Houston, if they lose their finale at the Rams and finish nine and eight, the Vikings have a, some favorable three-team tiebreakers 
with the 49ers. Remember, the, the head-to-head would not be good, but the three-team tiebreakers with the Vikings and the Saints and the 49ers, things like that, would be pretty favorable to the Vikings. So keep that in mind. Caught a little bit of a break with San Francisco losing that game. Happy to be joined today on Daily Delivery by Mark Craig. Covers the NFL and the Vikings for the Star Tribune. We do a picks segment every week. He writes about that, too, on Star Tribune, startribune.com. Mark, a lot of really interesting games this week. Maybe the best slate that I've seen for a while. Yeah, it's uh, there's like five games that have uh, you know two teams with winning records. I think nine, uh, maybe nine games or something like that with uh, you know to at least five hundred or better to both teams. Um, yeah, it's a good week. It's uh, you know and there's five teams that I get to play an extra meaningless game because they're out of the playoffs in a seventeen game season. So hats off, half the NFC North is uh, is playing for nothing. So. But the Lions, they're suddenly they're uh, they're the world beaters. I can't believe they what they did to the Cardinals last week. And we'll get into Arizona here in a minute. But we do have to start with the Vikings, the other team the Lions beat uh, this year so far. Um, big game, obviously against the Rams. Vikings are home underdogs. I think the spread, as of we're talking right now, is a field goal uh, that the Rams are favored by. Um, a lot to like about what the Rams have done lately, about the way they're built. I've got concerns about how a Vikings offensive line that's really been hard-pressed to stop good interior pass rush is going to handle Aaron Donald on uh, on Sunday. But I'd like to get your thoughts on how you see this matchup going. Well, you, you just nailed it. That's the key to everything right there. You know, they're like Zimmer said, they're an all-star on defense. Like, you know, someone could say they're an all-star team on offense as well. Uh, but to me, it starts with, you know, if I went back and looked for the Sunday story, I looked at all the, the highlights of uh, what Aaron Donald was able to do to that team. Uh, even though it was an exciting game, it was back and forth. They lost 37 or 38, 31. Um, when it came time at the end of that game, fourth quarter, Aaron Donald said enough's enough. And he started beating uh, the, the guards at that time were uh, Mike Remmers and Tom Compton and Elf Elfline was uh, the center. And uh, he had his way. Now, there was some uh, embarrassing plays for the offensive line. Uh, and I, th- I have a feeling that they that's going to kind of it's going to start there. They got to take care of him. And then obviously you got Von Miller, you got Leonard Floyd. Uh, but you know I, when I look at the at the Rams, I don't see the you know the fear of, of the Rams. I think the Rams should be as afraid of the Vikings. You know, uh, I mean it's hard to say after the Vikings how their offense played the last six quarters, but. Uh, you know, the Rams started out, uh, I think when they beat Tampa Bay, they were 3-0. and And then I believe they might have gone 3-1. and And then they hit a stretch of four games where they, you know, they beat. Uh, they're 3-0. and And then, then when they played a good team, they lost. When they played bad teams, they won. They got to 7-1, and 8-1, whatever it was. Then they lost three in a row, and now they've won three in a row. So, you know, I see an up-and-down team. I don't see a dominant team. Um, I don't know that the league has one right now. Uh, so... Where it's at, when it's played, the fact that the Vikings played a Monday night game and they have more days between games than the Rams playing on Tuesday. You play on a Tuesday, you got to travel. Um, you know, I, that's why I picked the Vikings. But, you know, it, I could also see the Rams, uh, you know, just dominating that offensive line and making me look like, which a lot of my picks tend to look foolish. So it, this could be one of them. How do you, I mean, like you said, they got to block Aaron Donald. You got to probably get the ball out relatively fast and or, you know, max protect, move cousins around a little bit. How, how do you 
how do you attack this Rams defense? I mean, I think we talked on Access Vikings with with Ben Gessling and Andrew Kramer a little bit about maybe them being a little vulnerable in the middle of the field, maybe not having the best linebackers in the world. How would you attack the Rams if you were the Vikings? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, moving you know, Cousins around it would be a decent idea because, you know, he tends not to this far into his career. He tends not to. He still doesn't have that that slide or that step up because I don't think he he trusts over the years or at least here hasn't trust the ability to step up. Uh, like in that Rams game, there was a sack where uh, you know Troy Aikman goes down and explains it uh, in in 2018 where you know Cousin got. Uh, some pressure on the outside. It might've been the strip sack at the end of the game where he doesn't trust stepping up uh, to avoid that. Well, he didn't trust it because Aaron Donald is uh, there in the middle. Uh, so, you know, and Von Miller had his first sack uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, so Donald and, and uh, Miller each had a sack in that game. So if you start rolling them out and say Donald's on one side, um, you know, Miller's on the other, it's, you got to. I do think you do. You need to move Kirk around. What what I don't like, and I know they got to they vary things up. But when he turns to his, um, to the left, it seems like there's always a rusher in his face. That's one of my least favorite plays when they when they move him around. So, yeah. And, and then you got Jalen Ramsey. So you got you got all pro caliber players at all three levels. So it's a it's going to be a tough one. But uh, I think it really helps. Uh, you know, being at home. Yeah, and that, uh, like you said, the rest factor is interesting with the Rams having to have that game moved <clears throat> to Tuesday this past week, two extra days of you know, making it a shorter week for them than the Vikings, and you're right, Vikings at home. So, yeah, Rams traveling on a short week. That's a that's a factor that can't be ignored. I think people kind of like, maybe we forget about that, but, you know, the, the recovery time in the NFL and the travel is is a more significant factor, especially, you know, a team coming from, you know, pretty far away to get here. Yeah, I mean, I got I, I got uh, some scar tissue with that because I got knocked out of my survivor pool with uh, after Baltimore beat the Vikings, and I'm thinking they're going to Miami. Uh, you know, they can't stop Lamar Jackson because no one can stop Lamar Jackson, and they got smoked in Miami because they were a worn out team. I mean, we talked about the Vikings playing 90 snaps in that game. Well, they, you know, Lamar Jackson played 90 snaps as well, and he had to turn around, go to Miami, and play four days later. And then uh, we saw with the Steelers and that, and that, you know, the Steelers aren't traveling on a short week, you know, maybe they don't start out looking like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's a hundred years old because they made adjustments and then, you know, almost came back and won, but they were flat, tired, worn out at the start of that game. And it's, I think it's much harder on the road team to, to do that. So, you know, I, I think it's definitely going to be a fact. Let's stick in the division for a minute. Um, Green Bay gets to host the Browns. Browns have been depleted this week by COVID. We'll see exactly who is available to them in that Saturday game. Um, that said, you like you like the Packers in this game. Packers have a lot to play for at this point because obviously with you know some of those teams losing last week, um, they, they've got a pretty clear path to, uh, to, to get that first round by, right? Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> Like I said, there's no dominant team in the league, but I, I I still like the Packers were my Super Bowl pick to win it all. There was a little hiccup in that first week when they lost 38 to three, whatever was going on with that. Um, but, you know, I just don't see the Packers losing to the Browns. Um, I mean, the, the COVID issue was is an issue, but uh, even if Baker Mayfield plays, uh, I don't know that that changes my opinion. 
Tim or Case Keenum. At, um, you know, and we saw we saw back to back days where COVID claimed the top two quarterbacks in, in uh, with Washington and the Browns. And so COVID is uh, might be the strongest team heading down. Team COVID might be the strongest team heading down the, the stretch here. And I think it's going to affect, you know, uh, Kansas City this week. So Kansas City's the hottest team in the league and they, they may not be at, the, at when this is over this weekend. You think Matt LaFleur gets enough? credit i mean aaron Rodgers is kind of the headliner there obviously in this quarterback league but lafleur is 36 and 9 in the regular season now if my quick math tells me that's an 800 winning percentage that's uh that's awfully good yeah i mean his first year i i voted for him for uh, coach of the year i don't think he's won it did he win it that year um but yeah i mean if you look at what he's doing it hasn't been done by very many very many coaches, 13 and three, 13 and three. And he might have a chance to go, you know, what, 14 and three. So, um, yeah, he's got, he's got, uh, the advantage of Aaron Rodgers, but you know, the, the guy before him had Aaron Rodgers and, 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 and it got fired. So in his prime, so to me, it's, uh, the guy's doing something and, uh, it's, that's why in the off season, I never you know, thought in a million years that Aaron Rodgers was going to move on. Uh, he might move on after this one, but, uh, you know, this, this coach is, uh, he's special and he works well with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, if, if I'm Rodgers, you got to work it out and, and finish your career there. Because I think with this guy, uh, that's your, that's your chance to, to win another Super Bowl. A couple more games I want to get to before we're done here. Colts at Cardinals is one of those NFC, AFC matchups. It's just kind of intriguing to me because you've got, you know, obviously the Cardinals kind of in this free fall, especially after losing to Detroit and losing badly Colts, kind of on the upswing after that good win last week over New England. Um, kind of two teams heading in opposite directions, but a game in Arizona, Colts are still the underdog in that game, but you pick them to win a relatively high-scoring game. Jonathan Taylor having a great season for Indianapolis. Um, it's, it's, it's hard when two teams don't play each other very much to kind of know how, how they match up, but how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I mean, I also have one of the 50 um, MVP votes. And, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor's got me thinking very, you know, strongly about going uh, against a quarterback, which is going to be hard to do this year with, uh, you know, the Bradys and the Rodgers and and players like that. Um, You know, the guy's got over 1,500 yards. He's got 17 touchdowns. He's got three more games to go. Um, they They got a top 10. I think they're ninth in scoring defense. And I feel like the Cardinals, uh, I picked them in the beginning of the summer to be like one of the surprise teams. I didn't think that they would go out 10 and 0 or whatever it was. Um, but to me, I feel like they, I've always felt that they, they, they're good, but from the coaching staff to the quarterback, they're like one season away. They're going to be one of those teams that gets in the playoffs and gets, gets beat and then has to come back and you know earn it the next year again. And um, so I, you know, I like where the Cardinals are, are, are where the Colts are. And I think the Cardinals are, you know, we'll learn a lot about the Cardinals because you know, not only did they lost two straight, but as you said, they lost to the Lions. And they, not only did they lose to the Lions, they got destroyed by the Lions. So there's a lot of question marks around a team that uh, could have clinched now, what, three, three or four weeks in a, or three weeks in a row. Uh, so, yeah, I like, I like where the Colts are, and I don't like where the Cardinals are, even though the Cardinals are really talented. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good way to look at it. And this would be a bounce-back win for them if they could get it. Couple more big division implications: Ravens at Bengals. 
Bengals going for a sweep of that series. Ravens been struggling lately, but you do like Baltimore in this game. I got to imagine this one is going to be down to the wire regardless. This just feels like one of those games that's going to be hard hitting and close no matter what. Yeah, I mean, uh, you talk about a weird, a weird season. As an old uh, AFC North uh, fan growing up, it was AFC Central, and uh, watching the Bengals just be the laughing stock of the league for so many years, decades, and then all of a sudden, now you say that they could they could sweep uh, Baltimore and they could sweep the the Steelers in the same season. Now I picked uh, the Ravens, even though the Ravens lost forty one seventeen to the to the Bengals the first time they played. I think that would be a typical Ravens, like, you know, to me, the Ravens and the Steelers might be just like the toughest teams to knock out in, in, in football, because they just, no matter what they have, they won't go away. And I feel like the, uh, and the Ravens are the first team to, to lose three straight by a total of four points. Uh, I mean, you go for two, two times in three weeks at, at the end to try and win and you lose. So, you know, they're there and I feel like they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And I think Cincinnati is not ready for that. What kind of game it's going to be. Bill's Patriots, another one with massive implications. You know, Patriots were rolling until they ran into Jonathan Taylor, who you talked about being an MVP candidate. Bills have been kind of all over the map this year. Early in the year, we thought maybe this was the team to beat. Um, You know, kind of a statement game, I would imagine, for the Bills. Are they ready to kind of assume you know, a, a lengthy run atop that division or are the Patriots kind of going to make a comeback and, and kind of be right there with them still. I, I'm, this is a fascinating matchup to me. Yeah, I know. I, as you know, I, I've been high on the Patriots for like most of the season. Just think they're, they were the best team. They were the best coach team. And what Indianapolis was able to do to them, it kind of really, that's when in uh, played a big role in why I picked the Colts to beat the Cardinals and, and, and for Taylor to be kind of an MVP type guy. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating matchup. I think the bills, um, you know, they're a weird team. They've, they've, their wins are by like 15 or more. And then they have, uh, like it's win, lose, win, lose. Um, they're much better than what they, I think their record is. Um, you know, I, I just like, I like the Patriots to kind of get things right. I, it's hard for me to pick the Patriots to have a losing streak in December, uh, when they're a good team. Um, and it's easier for me to pick against the Bills in that situation based on how the Bills have been up and down. Well, it should be a good weekend of viewing, good Saturday games, good Sunday games, lots of implications as there should be at this point in the season. And hopefully um, we see teams at you know, relatively full strength. COVID is going to wreak havoc, I feel like, on the last few weeks of this season and the postseason. We'll just have to see how much and to whom Mark Craig, good stuff. Thanks for uh, hopping on again and we'll see you down the road. Okay. All right. Thanks Michael. Now, poor Mark Craig didn't know that uh, Dalvin cook would be out when he made those picks. Maybe he feels the same way. I don't know. Alexander Madison is a good backup. We'll just have to see, but the nature of making picks in the NFL this season is fraught with peril. I do not envy Mark trying to do that every week. Let's finish with the cooler. It's more or less a wrap on the whole year. Just want to say thank you to everybody who has listened to Daily Delivery so far. We'll be off next week, taking a little bit of vacation time. There will be one bonus episode at the end of next week. Lavelle Enil the third and I 
talking about what we liked about 2021 and what we think is going to be kind of what what are going to be the big stories in Minnesota sports in 2022. So that will be late next week. But as far as regularly scheduled shows, that is it for 2021. Thank you so much for listening. The thousands of you who listen every single day. Um, It means a lot to me. This project started about 11 months ago. It's been a lot of fun. Looking forward to a lot more fun in 2022 and beyond. But thank you so much. Uh, Happy holidays and uh, best of luck in the new year. Have a great, safe new year. And we will catch you again in 2022.